1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Cosmic You the podcast. This week, Holly is going to teach us some more of her wisdom. And I personally am super, super excited about this because today we're diving into the science of Ayurveda. And this is something I've heard a lot about, but I've never actually sat with. I've never really dove into this into this practice, into this science. and. I guess I'm really excited for today because I think it'll be really great for everyone to have a really solid foundation of understanding around what it is as a system and what the driving foundations and principles are that make up this ancient,
0: mm. yeah,
1: like science. Yeah. So, Hal, well, what is Ayurveda? Huge
0: question. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I'll I'll break it down as like literally what the word itself means Mm -hmm. and then sort of I guess how it's yeah we can sort of interact with it in life uh so Ayurveda some you know pronunciation is an important thing I've heard it pronounced Ayurveda I've heard it pronounced Ayurveda so Mm. yeah there's a few different and I'm not 100% on what the exact pronunciation is which is a tricky thing I think you know, when you are coming from a different culture and it's not your, you know, first language. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I want to be clear that the pronunciation of these things is actually very important. And being Sanskrit and ancient language, it's not something I'm massively amazing at pronouncing. So -hmm. just setting that there. But anyway, it comes of uh, two Sanskrit words, so ayur and veda. And together these two words mean the science of life. Literally, that's what it means. Makes sense. Makes so much sense, right? And uh, I think the closest thing we kind of have in, you know, our modern Western world in terms of science is like biology, right? The study of biology. But that kind of just like looks at the thing. It doesn't necessarily then look at how literally everything of life starts to interact together. Mm -hmm. So Ayurveda is not just the science of life in terms of us, like us being alive, But it's how that then interacts with nature and how nature impacts us. And then it's also going to look at everything in life. So not just your physiology, but, you know, are you living your soul's purpose? Like that comes into play in Ayurveda, like all of these different things, like how are you living in alignment in a physical sense, mental sense, emotional and spiritual sense as well, which obviously those are all parts of life. And Ayurveda touches on all of those parts of life, which is obviously a reason why I love it so much. Uh, So it's actually the oldest medical science that we have in the world. It's the, you know, OG original, Uh, you know, when it dates back to, you know, even when we have the first books of it or the first, you know, things written down similar to yoga, we can assume that they were being practiced long before it was even written down. Mm. And then Yeah, it kind of lost its popularity a little bit. Just a lot of that is because of colonialism, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's always been practice, right? It never really ever went away. And I think now we're seeing a little bit more popularity of it in the Western world, which is lovely. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's really beautiful to see. So how did you even... Find
1: out or land in this space to start to deepen your knowledge in, mm. in Ayurveda? Like, what sparked your interest?
0: So, just being a yoga teacher, because it's a. It is very important, I think, as a yoga teacher to have some kind of understanding of Ayurveda because you can't really separate the two. It's the same as Tantra. Like, Tantra, Ayurveda, and yoga, you can't really separate all of these three streams of knowledge mm-hmm. uh, because what happens is. If we take things away from their roots, they kind of lose some kind of essence. They lose some kind of, not importance, but like the real root intention of these things and how they all integrate as well. And we we just can't separate them completely. It doesn't make sense to. And, you know, when we're doing yoga, literally every time you go to an asana class, you're really practicing Ayurveda when you do that. Mm and
1: that's a really nice connection to make for people
0: yeah like so every time you come and work with your body you're doing you're practicing ayurveda as well and as a yoga teacher if you you know really want to enhance your classes and really take care of your students from you know even just an energetic level having that basic foundation of ayurveda is crucial because every pose you do is going to impact We'll get into this, but it'll impact the doshas in a certain way. Mm -hmm. It'll impact the gunas, which are qualities of the, often we talk about them in yoga, the qualities of the mind, but they're qualities that are everywhere. It impacts all of those things all the time. Mm. So it's really important to know what's happening there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think sometimes, you know, when yoga is just taught and there's absolutely no foundation or connection to Ayurveda, it's going to feel like there's some sort of missing element to teachers maybe when they're trying to sequence a class, uh, but also to students maybe when they go, it might just feel like, oh, yeah, it's just yoga, but Ayurveda really helps, I think, ground it in life and human life and help you to integrate it in the world as well. That's
1: so beautiful, thinking about it as an integration. Mm. Mm. So you mentioned like the foundation. So what, what are the foundations
0: of Ayurveda? Mm. So one of the biggest... Foundational principles of Ayurveda is the five elements. Mm -hmm. It's how we, if you've heard of Ayurveda before, chances are you've heard of the three doshas. (laughs) Uh, And the five elements is what, you know, moves into the, uh, yeah, the five elements is what moves into the three doshas. I think it's important to note here, just like anything in the modern world, kind of like what I was saying before, we like to just take bits that sound lovely and run with them you know, that if we look at yoga, that's what happened. We just took asana, Mm. seems kind of fun and cool. And now we're just going to go run with that. We've just totally taken one part of a system and separate it from the whole context of it, the roots of it. And so we're never going to get the full power or magic of that system. Mm. Ayurveda is kind of the same. What I see happening in the modern world is we just kind of take the doshas and we're like, oh, this seems really fun. I can do a dosha quiz online and figure out, you know, who I am. So when we just take the doshas from Ayurveda, it loses its wisdom, it loses its magic, it loses its power. And what we like to do in the Western world is just separate things. We just want a quick fix, a quick thing. And that's what's happening with the doshas and people get Mm. quite obsessed with them and get overly identified with them, which is not how Ayurveda ever intended that to be.
1: Yeah. I've heard a lot of people be like, I'm – Totally. what Whichever one. And they just run with it and they think that that's their totality.
0: Right. Yeah. And, I mean, there's so much more to who we are than that. And also the doshas are changing constantly. Mm. Like if we look at nature, it's changing all the time. So we can't fully box ourselves in. Yes, it's important to know for health and for certain things, but I think – It's always how we look at it. If we look at it as another thing just to box ourselves into, to label ourselves with, to identify with, we can get very caught. And one of my teachers says, like, the dosha is actually a mask that we eventually want to take off, like anything else in the world, right? We want to take that mask off because essentially what we are is consciousness. Mm. The doshas happen in the physical world, in the material world. So eventually that's something that we want to even take off.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. So park that. Or if you have a question about that,
1: no, I was just going to say we'll park that and then shifting to the five elements.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm. I love talking about the five elements because it's so relatable. It's literally everywhere in the world, and it's the foundation one of the foundational principles of Ayurveda. So, five elements are earth. And this is going from most dense to lightest. Mm-hmm. So you have earth, water. Fire, air or wind, Mm -hmm. and then space or ether. Mm -mm. So I'm going to tell you a story, a slightly mystical story, (laughs) uh, about how universal, you know, the world that we live in, how it came to be through a story that I was told by my teacher. And this story is of Shiva and Shakti. So... Shiva in this sense you can think of him as pure consciousness oneness no separation it's just the very very beginning of absolutely everything
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then Shakti in this sense is the all she is is the manifestation of consciousness so without Shakti consciousness is just consciousness With Shakti, consciousness flows through the actual physical world, through the power and transformation of Shakti, the energy, the material world, nature. Wow. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. How those two are? Cool. Anytime it doesn't, stop me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll explain. So Shiva being, you know, eternal oneness and consciousness, he is always known to just be meditating just for thousands of years, eyes closed, deep in Samadhi. And so Shiva is deep in Samadhi, and it's said that his heart takes 1,000 years for one beat. So his heart is, you know, beating incredibly slowly because, you know, he's deep in Samadhi and he only knows himself. He only knows oneness. There's no kind of experience of other. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, he starts to desire that experience of knowing himself through other because if think about if you and I didn't exist I there's only so much I could know about myself Mm. right but as I start to see how I relate to other things in the world it helps you to understand yourself much much more absolutely yeah so Shiva is the same (laughs) he starts having this desire to know himself through an experience of other and from that desire, his heart starts to beat faster and faster and faster and faster. And from that power of his heart out springs Shakti, which is this beautiful goddess uh, in this story. And, you know, she's super, super alluring. She's got like beautiful eyes, beautiful hair, beautiful body. And she's just kind of like dancing around Shiva to basically lure him out of his meditation. Mm-hmm. And so from desire, out springs Shakti and she's just like dancing around and then Shiva's all like, oh, Shakti, hello. (laughs) Oh, hey, girl. (laughs) And then anyway, Shakti kind of gathers together this big cauldron Mm -hmm. and she puts in the elements. So she puts in fire, water, earth and air and the cauldron itself is space. Mm. And then that's how the universe was born. Wow. According to Shiva and Shakti. (laughs) <laughs> Love that.
1: that's such a beautiful story it's a beautiful
0: story um yeah so i think what's beautiful about that is the fact that you know everything comes from consciousness oneness but then consciousness has a desire to know itself mm. and it's also said that if shiva opens his mouth like remember shiva is pure consciousness you will see like he will see reflected back to him in the mirror, the entire universe because the entire universe comes from him. Mm. And when I say him, it's not really him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Which is really beautiful. So the whole universe, yeah, comes out of Shiva and Shakti is the manifestation of consciousness. Mm. So in certain traditions, Shiva and Shakti are always together. Mm -hmm. And this is why you see gods and goddesses we're going on a whole tangent (laughs) but this is why you see gods and goddesses because a god always has his consort goddess because shiva is consciousness Mm. and without consciousness uh, without energy that Mm. consciousness has no conduit to actually manifest in the world
1: i've been learning a lot about this lately yeah and just how each partner plays such a key role in each other's lives in the activation, mm. and just like what you were saying, like this mirroring and this this beautiful dance, and e- each person just playing their role so perfectly mm. to allow the other one to be in their full essence. Yeah, and it's amazing. Like there was a real movement in the West. You mean like I don't need, mm. like, we don't need each other, but actually we really do. Need yeah. each other we really do need to work together to activate totally to allow each other to see and this, yeah this is just such a beautiful mm. way of hearing about this and yeah. seeing that reflected
0: so actually in that i'm going to throw a spanner in the works mm. the masculine and feminine actually both exist in shakti yep because it's a real life manifestation it's energetic so consciousness is everything that's not of this world not even energy and then shakti is everything of this world So when we kind of talk about gods and goddesses, I think something that gets a little bit confusing is we might place the masculine energy in the God like Shiva Mm -hmm. and the feminine energy in the goddess. Whereas actually the goddess really possesses both masculine and feminine energy because it's an energetic thing. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit confusing (laughs) because this is not how we usually think about it in the modern world or how we talk about masculine and feminine. Mm. And this is kind of why I wanted to go there with the Shiva and Shakti thing because Ayurveda is something that exists in the natural world Mm. and that's all Shakti. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So (laughs) this is kind of coming from Samkhya philosophy and that's a big influencing uh, philosophy of Ayurveda and yoga as well. So it's kind of like, how did we just get here? How is there a whole world of nature outside of this, which is all the uh, the foundation of the five elements? The five elements come from Shakti. She's the manifestation of the world. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? That's a nice way to put it. Like she's the manifestation of the actual world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And without her, again, not really a her. This is just, you know, we're using language. Yeah. <laughs> uh, without her, the universe wouldn't exist materially. Yeah. Yeah everything is shakti yeah so we all have masculine and feminine within us but we definitely again like we we have that push and pull and that dance Mm. and in relationship someone is going to be bringing more of the feminine and someone's going to be bringing more of the masculine and we also need to own that we have the masculine and feminine balance Mm. within us too
1: for me i was more not thinking about the masculine or feminine more thinking about the ways we activate or
0: each other each other totally yeah yeah and even in that like how we need to have the masculine and feminine balanced within us how we need to have one person more feminine in a relationship and one person more masculine Mm. that's also just reflecting that inner reality too right Mm. which if and this is another beautiful thing of ayurveda everything that's happening inside of you is happening just on a grander scale outside of you That's like kind of really beautiful, that mirroring. Like we have that capacity inside of us and that's why we see it happen in the outside world with relationships, Mm. whether it's friendships or partnerships, whatever it is. So everything is just, you know, when you think about how vast and big the earth is, how vast and big nature is and how many different cycles she moves through, Mm. it's just reflecting on a much bigger scale everything that's happening inside of you as well like we are just as vast and just as complex and have just as many systems and cycles and seasons Mm. and Ayurveda is all about aligning to nature like nature is the greatest healer that you could possibly ever have Mm. and has all of the answers for you and it's just figuring out how you come into balance not just with your nature but in nature outside of you and this is sort of where the five elements come into play with that so tangent, <laughs> but we're back. So looping round. This is what I mean. Like when we just take the doshas and run with that, mm. it's like hang on, no, like don't separate it from its essence. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so five elements. Yeah. Earth. I'll repeat them again. <laughs> Water, fire, air, and space. Mm-hmm. So Shakti has her cauldron, which is the space. She throws in all of the five elements. Boom! Now we have the universe. Mm-hmm. If you would like to believe that, you can. (laughs) I'll believe it. (laughs) Sounds lovely. Um, So we, us as human beings, individuals, end everything in the material world. Nature, the chair I'm sitting on, the microphone, the table, the candle, everything has a very specific and certain dose of these five elements. And that's how we end up with the five, do- uh, the three doshas. And that's why we're all so unique and so different. And we all have our own individual blueprint in the world. And Ayurveda is a system that's trying to align us as closely as possible to our own individual nature and our own blueprint by figuring out how are the elements inside of you and how do we get you closer to your power and the elements within. So. I think when we think about the five elements, it can be really easy to see where they play out in nature and maybe not as easy to see in us. So I'll break down each of the five elements, how they are in nature, and then how we relate them to our body. So earth is the densest uh, element. It's the most material element. So if we look at nature, you can see this in you know mountains, things that don't move, things that are really steady tree trunks the roots of the trees like that's earth this really steady firm immovable energy like if you go and push a tree it's not gonna move (laughs) it's got a lot of earth in it right
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, and then if you look at that inside of your body it's your bones If you think about the earth of your body Mm -hmm. it's very hard to break a bone happens but it's the strongest part of your body it's your support it's your stability without all of the bones in the body. We would just be like, you know, mushy flesh rolling around. <laughs> Imagine, <laughs> Totally. Uh, so that's the earth element. If we look at this in the mind, the earth element, if we have too much of it is when we move towards depression, we move towards dullness because it is so immovable. And if we have too much of it, we can get very stagnant and heavy. Mm. So in the body as well, it looks like accumulation, like starting to put on weight, too much of the earth element, Mm. too much heaviness. So in a really balanced, beautiful way, it's this, you know, loving, grounding, stable energy. But too much of that becomes heaviness, stagnation, dullness and depression. Wow. Yeah. Uh, And then we have water. So obviously water on the earth is everywhere, right? Oceans, lakes, rivers, rain, humidity, you can see really clearly how the water element shows up outside and then obviously as well like we're made of so much water like our saliva, um, you know there's water within our fascia, there's water everywhere all through the body, Uh, it's what helps to move all of the other five elements through us as well, so think about water in a cup, if you put like salt in that water it'll dissolve the salt like it's a solvent so everything moves through the water as well it's how we deeply nourish our body Mm. uh too much water in the body it's not this simple (laughs) there's accumulations of you know elements mixing together but think about uh swelling fluid retention Mm -hmm. too much of the water element uh also mucus like water element, too much accumulation. That's really water and earth mixed together. But like too much of that accumulation, phlegm, mucus, kids get really snotty. Mm. That's that time of their life where they're more predominantly in the water. And uh, earth element, that's what that stage of life is. Interesting. They tend to get much more mucusy Mm. and sick. And yeah, so that's kind of how the water element shows up, like fluid on the lungs, that type of stuff if it's in excess. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, swelling, fluid retention. Uh, You want to have like nice watery joints as well. Uh, Like the synovial fluid in your joints, like that's water. Uh, So it's everywhere. You can kind of see. And think about if you are super dry, like you don't have enough water like coating in your nose or in your eyes when you start to get hay fever and things get really itchy because there's not enough water present. Mm. That's how you can sort of think about that too. Yeah, wow. Makes sense. So many, yeah, so yeah. many ways. Yeah, so cool, hey? Yeah. <laughs> it's everywhere. Yep. And then the fire element. This is kind of one of my favorite ones to talk about because obviously we don't have an actual flame inside of us. Uh, or do we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so fire element outside of us, of course, really easy to see that, right? The sun is fire. Uh, also, if you have a fire like in a bush, that can be really nourishing because it helps the things helps things to regenerate but too much of that fire in nature of course is catastrophic and really mm. destructive so inside of the body this is your what we call your digestive fire your agni so fire is the element of transformation and growth and change and it's the if you think about putting say you've got a campfire and you have a piece of wood and you put that wood on the campfire what happens to the wood? It burns and it changes state and it becomes ash. So it's the uh, energy of transformation. And inside of you, what that looks like is if you eat an apple, how does that apple go from being an apple to nutrition for your body to break down? Mm. Fire, energy of transformation. It's the same as when you have an experience in life. How do you actually grow from that experience? How do you Learn the wisdom of that uh, lesson that you went through, you need to have a strong element of fire. Otherwise, you won't digest that experience. You won't transform that into knowledge, and you'll just repeat the same thing over and over and over again. Mm. So, that's how fire shows up in our life. And this is what we call in Ayurveda, Agni. So, if you've heard of that word before, that's what it is. It's your digestive fire, your capacity to digest your food your capacity to digest your emotions, your thoughts, your life experience. Uh, Fire even lives in the eyes. So think about if you're reading a book without the element of fire in the eyes to transform just random words on a page or even just letters, Mm. you read that and you're able to transform that into knowledge. So that's where fire lives in the body. Many other places also. (laughs) But that's the experience of fire
1: incredible it makes Mm. me think as well about astrology and just how that would link in yeah to all of this yeah because i'm assuming that there'd be a direct correlation between what elements are present in your chart and what comes through for sure in your body and just it'll be interesting to know how that all integrates
0: at a later time yeah well jayatish which is vedic astrology Mm. uh comes from the same place as Ayurveda. They all, you know, come from this bigger thing mm. or the same roots at least. Mm. Uh, we'll have to get a dietitologist on. Yeah. that would be really cool to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's fire in a nutshell. Does so much more. <laughs> but think about like, I think the, as you kind of hear about these elements, the greatest thing you can do is actually go and interact with them in nature like Mm. think about them in nature first and like sit with them watching an actual flame will help you understand fire much more in your own body Mm. and think about fire when you sit in front of it it's warming and it's nourishing we want fire the fire element to gently warm us and nourish us through life we don't want it to you know completely burn through us Mm. And if you think about even the saying that we have, like, oh, I'm just so burnt out. It's like you've just been burning the fire way too long and too much. And now you're just burnt out. You've got no fire left. Mm. So even emotionally, you know, the fire element when it's balanced is like passion and like radiance and striving for life, like wanting to like do things. Too much fire is when we start to lead to those kind of heated emotions, like anger, aggression, mm. rage, jealousy, envy. That's the fire element how it kind of shows up in emotions.
1: I feel like it's going to help a lot of people be able to see their behavior in a different way. Totally. And just yeah, like I'm sitting here thinking, oh, okay. <laughs>
0: like, yeah.
1: How can I balance this? How can I come into more coherence with all of the elements?
0: Yeah. Mm. It's like if I'm Beautiful. feeling really enraged right now. <laughs> I probably don't need anything else that's hot in my life. Mm. Uh, And then we have air or wind. So kind of similar again, like all of the elements in a really beautiful balanced way, they're super nourishing. Too much of them again can become destructive and chaotic. So too much wind in nature, right? Hectic. Mm. (laughs) It's not lovely to be around. It can break things like it can break earth. It can snap trees It's a really powerful energy, and I think because it's a lighter energy, we don't think about how powerful it actually is. But like, if I blow on that candle, I can blow out the flame. I can blow Mm -hmm. out the fire. Mm -hmm. So super powerful energy as well. Uh, So yeah, in nature, it looks like wind. Think about if there's like a really lovely breeze on a hot summer's day. Oh, that feels so nice. But then if it's like a chaotic wind, think about how many people like, I hate the wind. Yeah, (laughs) it's because it's just speaking to like. Predominantly in our world that we live in, there is more uh, energy of the air element. So what it governs is all movement. So movement of the body, movement of the eyes, movement of breath, movement of prana. That's the air element. Mm. And things move so quickly in our life. Like we're constantly going from one thing to another. Like you're scrolling on Instagram, so much movement, just so many things thrown at you. And it's not tangible, really, what's happening. Like, it's quite airy and spacey. Mm. So that's why, like, when wind comes around, we tend to be like, oh, my God, wind is so annoying. It, like, just sends people a little bit crazy.
1: Literally, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: because there's just too much of that already in our world. So more of that is just throwing us completely out of balance. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So wind in nature, inside of us, the air element shows up as our breath. Uh, It also shows up, yeah, the movement of everything – including your thoughts and including your nerve impulses it's the movement of literally everything the movement of stuff through your digestive system uh, which is why you know think about wind outside of us if we have too much movement in our mind it's chaotic and that's where we have tendencies towards anxiety Mm -hmm. so too much air in the body or too much air in the mind looks like fear and anxiety because it's really light. It's a really light energy and too much of that movement, we're getting completely away from earth, becoming completely disembodied and we need to like come back down and ground towards something again, rather than playing with all of that light movement energy that just kind of goes too Mm. quickly. So yeah, I think that's a really big one because you know, anxiety is a really big thing in our world today as well. And I think just knowing like maybe I've got too much of the air element going on in my mind how can I bring more of the earth element into my mind do things to move much more slowly eat foods that have more earth element in them so literally just foods that grow from the ground foods that are heavy like when you pick up a sweet potato compared to when you pick up you know spinach mm. the weight of them is completely different it's literally just showing you that clearly sweet potato has much more earth element in it it's dense it's heavy it's solid Spinach doesn't have a lot of earth element in it. Like you can crumble it instantly, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. It's very light. It's very movable. So, like, even that's a way that you can start to play with the elements outside of you uh, in foods. So that's uh, air or wind. And then the final element is space or ether.
1: Mm. This one.
0: Are you like, how is that there?
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm curious about this. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. So, space is the holder of everything. So remember at the beginning when I spoke about Shakti's cauldron, the cauldron itself is space and all of the universe exists within space. So in nature, it's kind of like how I can just like move my arm. Like what am I moving my arm through? Space. Space. (laughs) Yeah, and all of the other elements are existing within it. So if I don't have uh, space in my life, I can feel very bogged down. I feel very like stuck and space makes us feel expansive. It makes mm-hmm. us be able to think about things in the future or think about really creative things or spirituality. Mm-hmm. So people who tend to have more, in particular, air and space in their life or in their, you know, makeup of the elements, are going to naturally be people who have tendencies to think more about spirituality, think more about the things beyond just this, you know, earthly, everyday life. That makes sense. Yeah. Think more about, you know, be able to think beyond the materialistic things of life.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, Uh, really creative people because they're tapping into a lighter energy and they even have capacity to think like outside of themselves, beyond themselves. Uh, So, yeah, space just in a physical sense is, of course, all of the space where everything else doesn't exist. (laughs) But it's also the thing that holds everything else at the same time. It's a holder in that Does that make sense, how it holds things? Yeah. Yep. cool. And then inside of your body, space inside of your nose for things to move through, the space inside of your ears, the space inside of your throat, the space of your lungs so that breath can enter in. Mm. That's kind of where space is, just everywhere in your body. Interesting. Yeah. So that's a really basic foundation of the five elements. There's so many other functions of those elements inside of you. Uh, And they're obviously all interacting together at the same time. We need all of them. And when we notice them start to, you know, when we have too much of one, we'll start to notice particular things happening. Like, Mm. yeah, I mentioned too much air, too much movement. That's going to start to cause anxiety in the mind. It's going to feel like we don't like to be still. We just, like, when we sit still, like, things need to move all the time, like, not really comfortable. You know how some people just are so happy to just sit Mm. and not do anything. Mm. Probably just have more earth in them. Makes sense. Yeah. I definitely have a lot of it. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we're talking on a podcast means that we have more of those air and space elements in us. Like, we're communicating. It's coming through technology. Like, this we're recording it on a phone like that's all very spacey and airy Mm. and that's why sometimes after we you know record an episode then we're like oh because it's been so much of that lighter energy communication a lot of movement of thought a lot of movement of words and then we just like need a moment to be like oh my god I just need to do nothing yeah Yeah.
1: just ground back down totally Um, it's it's interesting hearing you speak about all these elements and how we can start to integrate everything and it it makes me reflect on different situations I've been in Mm. when you're saying like been so lit by a passion, do you mean that I'm like running towards this goal? But then I hit burnout because it's too much. Yeah. And so I think that's really beautiful what you've said today and given us this beautiful gift of just understanding how all of these elements play into our life and how we can tap into them to bring balance back. Because again, we've said this before, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And so this is such a powerful gift gift really yeah you've given everyone because now we can see okay i can self-identify to a point obviously Mm. (laughs) at a very basic level okay i can see where i've overdone it in this fire element Mm. i i can see how i've got a lack of water here yeah uh that's that's so beautiful
0: yeah and i think like uh just start yeah notice how they show up in your life and even just think of The language that we use, like when we say things like, oh, I got into a really heated conversation or a really heated discussion, Mm. like that is literally us using language to explain the predominant element that was in that discussion. And we Mm. don't even know that we're doing that. And then one thing I think that's important to note is one of the things of Ayurveda is that like increases like and opposites bring balance and healing. But like increases like and like feels familiar and safe. So if you're feeling really unmotivated and lethargic and heavy, the last thing you're going to want to do is start moving, Mm. whether that's like the movement towards change or like movement, like exercising. When you feel quite dull, you're drawn to the things that are going to keep you dull, like like increases like. So the more you, you know, feel unmotivated and heavy, And down, you're going to do the things like just sitting on the lounge, not doing things that really spark your interest or spark your love of life. And so the thing that you really need to do, and this is why change is so hard for us, because it feels a little bit unsafe and we're going to keep drawing the things that keep us in the same state we're already in. So if you feel quite heavy, the thing that you need to go and do is move your body a lot, because that'll start Mm -hmm. to create more movement in your mind and more movement in your body and you'll start to be motivated again whereas we think like I'm so tired I'm so exhausted I don't have any energy I'm so heavy I just need to like do nothing and just completely rest mm-hmm. and that might be true for some people but uh, cool. if you're n- noticing like a lot of accumulation in your life you find it really hard to let go of things you're holding grudges then you need to go and do things like running and lots of cardio and dancing, like all of these like moving things to start to shake off some of that earth energy.
1: That's so powerful because I think sometimes we do just need to allow ourselves to
0: rest. Yeah. Yeah. And so the people who kind of really do need a bit more of that rest are people that have more of that air and space that are constantly just like naturally drawn to moving all the time. Mm. They're going to find it really challenging to sit and just be still. Mm. Uh, But that's what they need more in their life as well to balance out, you know, if I have too much air and now I'm starting to lead towards anxiety, I need to clear my life and just do nothing. So just trust that the thing that you're drawn to might not actually be the thing that's supporting you and healing you. And I think knowing the five elements, you can start to question that of like, is this thing actually healing me and bringing me closer to balance or is it keeping me the same? Just pay attention to how you feel, figure out which of the elements feels dominant. Mm. And then if it's in excess, what element is going to start to balance that out and bring more of that into your life, whether it's in the food that you eat, uh, the movement that you do with your body, all that kind of stuff.
1: So we're obviously going to dive deeper into this (laughs) in another episode, probably a few hour long episode. Yeah. But just to kind of wrap this up for people, is there anything else you think they really need to know in this moment or anything that's going to help support them just to start
0: to integrate this
1: in a even a
0: small way into their life Uh, I think go and start to pay attention to nature much much more Mm. and like touch it so like go and find the earth element in nature and like just see how a tree is Mm. or like in your house like all of the foundations that hold up your house like that's the earth element the really solid things in life like start to think about it in a really practical sense uh light a candle and you know just watch it for a little while see how it moves like put your hands over it notice that it's warm Mm -hmm. pay attention to water like I think going and looking at these things in nature interacting with them because remember that's what Ayurveda wants you to do it wants you to be Mm -hmm. integrated it wants you to align with nature it's your greatest healer So that would be my advice. Go and just be with nature. Be really curious about how the elements are there. Mm. Uh, Even like with the tree, you've got the earth element, but then in the leaves it starts to get much lighter. Mm. And then notice how when wind moves through the leaves, the leaves move because they're lighter, but the trunk stays firm. Mm. So even just that's how you'll start to pick up how these elements work and what their qualities are.
1: Yeah, and I guess what you were saying, like use your five Mm. senses – to yeah. experience these five elements yeah, because that's when you're actually going to be able to embody yeah, that and int- like properly integrate it.
0: Yeah, because you can definitely read about it in a book, right? But Ayurveda is living wisdom. It's a living mm-hmm. science and yeah. that's how it comes alive inside of you.
1: One time, uh, maybe a year ago, I was talking to an astrologer and they were saying to me, it always fascinates them that all these astrologers spend hours in front of a computer looking at charts and reading books, but they often never go outside and actually spend time staring at the stars right? and integrating and feeling into and like tapping into that wisdom that's available right now above us. Yeah. And this sounds similar. Totally. To like the universe is always asking us to witness it
0: and yep. to be with it. 100% was never, you know, how people used to learn was not just from a book. Mm. It was from actually being in life. Mm. And remember Ayurveda is the science of life. So go and be in life. That's where you'll learn so much more about it than a podcast or a book can mm. teach you. You need to go and interact with it. You need to feel it come alive inside of you as well.
1: Mm. Mm. Thank you so much for this episode. Pleasure. I feel like it's been really I don't know just it's just been full of wisdom and I just feel like there's so many things that we can take away mm. from this to support our growth so
0: and I always like to shake things up I like to <laughs> be like actually no this is not how it is let's go how
1: yeah it is. all right let's go dance yeah. in the street thanks for being here guys we'll catch you next time